0: welcome to learning curves with lists together we will explore an array of sexual and sensual ideas discover and embrace our authentic selves all while meeting interesting people along the way life is full of twists and turns the growth and joy is in the curves candid combos about life's biggest lessons and finding your bliss with lists Welcome back to episode two, everyone. Today, I've got another good friend of mine who is also a fellow sex and relationship coach. Um, We're getting lots of different points of views and styles and personalities in here. And Sylvie is just lovely. You will see she's quick-witted, sharp as a tack, deliciously funny and just all around really good person who I love and so today on this episode we will hear topics about accidentally joining a nudist resort. Sitting in feelings of disappointment, fighting the patriarchal medical system, and listening to your body post-birth. She has a lot to say, a lot of experience, and I hope you eat this up. Please enjoy this episode with my very dear friend, Sylvie. Hi, good to see you. Yeah, good to Don't see worry. you too. It's, good. it's... Good
1: to see you outside of our, of our somatica bubble. Yeah,
0: <laughs> Yeah. Have you been, I mean, we've briefly... Kind of cross paths a little bit, but uh, we have
1: we've, we've demoed together, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's uh, things things are good. It's uh, I feel kind of the world's in this weird limbo state right now, right? Mm-hmm. Where I feel like they should have given us a countdown to normal life, and everyone's <laughs> sort of like, Wait, is it kind of, It's normal now? But then everyone's like, But no, no one warned us that it, it would be normal yet, <laughs> and so there's people who are like should I wear a mask to Trader Joe's because I'm fully vaccinated or should I not wear one Mm. and kind of be like, yeah, I'm fully fully vaccinated. And I didn't wear my mask in the queue to Trader Joe's the other day. And everyone looked at me like, who are you? Are you a horrible Republican? And I was like, no, I have my mask on my wrist. Like I'm fully vaccinated. And then I was like, I'm just going to put it on.
0: (laughs) It's flipped around right now. (laughs) It's like before, if you weren't wearing a mask, you were like, okay, I know who you are. (laughs) Like <laughs> total judgment. Yeah. yeah, we went to this uh, this wine and music thing that they do at um a, a local farm that does like hay rides and apple picking and pumpkin picking and they just there's like this nice event space that we that we like to, to go to and we haven't been there in like two years obviously and we went and my partner and I are both fully vaccinated and I was like oh my god let's just go do something let's get the hell out of the house it's outside there's live music even if it's shitty <laughs> live music yeah exactly and we went and it was the day that the man was lifted in Pennsylvania and we walked in with masks on because I'm just like okay I'm vaccinated but at the same time I don't want to make other people feel uncomfortable or unsafe and you know even if the safety is totally fine I I just don't want to make people feel uncomfortable because we're just all not used to it either I kid you not we were so in the minority it that was uncomfortable there was not, i remember like scanning around there was hundreds of people granted it was outside i couldn't find another human being wearing a mask it was like pennsylvania was like at the nudist colony like ripping their clothes off like finally <laughs> you know it was definitely a little bit more of a republican not to bring politics like, yeah but it's, it's in a more like farmland a little bit more i don't know but pennsylvania is weird it's such a purple state but it's like pockets (laughs) it's like you've got blue and red and blue and red and blue and red it makes it purple but it's like whew, you cross
1: it's like our hair you can't see my hair is purple now too but it is yours is beautifully purple Yay. But mine, mine needs a touch up from the hairdresser. Oh, I but. love it! I love it! I love it! But so you spoke about nudist colonies. We joined one by accident last year during the pandemic. Oh my god! And it was, and I tell people that I say to them, I joined a nudist colony by accident, and they're like, by accident. Sure. <laughs> and I'm like, no, really, it was an accident. We had no idea what we were
0: signing up for. What do You have um, no idea. I mean, not not for I'll you. How do they not I'll advertise? Tell you our- uh, this happened because it's one of my favorite COVID stories. Oh my god, yes, please. So
1: I'm a mom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have two young children, uh, a five-year-old and a three-year-old. Mm. And um, you can hear from my accent, I'm I'm not American. So we have no, we have no family. I live in America, we have no family around here. COVID's been really hard on us. You know, in the first few months of the pandemic, you couldn't even get a babysitter, kids were home from school. Like it was just yeah, it was insane. Mm-hmm. And my children were climbing the wall. They're both boys. Mm. They don't sit down and color for, like, They're you know, young. like hours. They're young. They, they bounce off the <laughs> yeah. walls. And, you know, I had a full-time job. My has a full-time job. We were just like, what are we going to do with them? And then it was starting to get, you know, warmer weather towards April, May. Mm-hmm. And my kids were like, we want to swim. We want to swim. And we don't have a pool
0: mm-hmm.
1: and so I was messaging everyone on Facebook that you know all the moms groups anyone I knew hi does anyone have a pool that we could yeah. use I, I understand the complexities of COVID give us a time slot we'll come masked you no one needs to be there I'll pay you mm-hmm. everyone was like no stay home no stay home I was like, <laughs> like my That's children so are driving crazy <laughs> yeah and we can't go swimming here like it's cold so the Pacific Ocean is freezing So there was just, and, you know, you're not allowed to go on the beaches here either. Mm. Like, during COVID, it was just so closed down. Playgrounds had crime tape around them. So you couldn't, they couldn't even go on a swing set. Mm -hmm. Like,
0: it was, I was going We have a little park here and they did the same thing with the caution tape. It didn't last long, but, uh, yeah. But it it was also a time where we really didn't know what was coming either. Right.
1: (laughs) But at that point, I was like, I would rather die of COVID than have my children kill me. Because <laughs> at this point, like, it is one or the other. Like, they are they are going off the rails. Yeah. And I would posted, I think, on Nextdoor as well. And I'd gotten, like, no response. And then finally, this one guy just messaged me out of the blue. And he was like, hi, I saw your message on Nextdoor. I used to live in Mountain View where, where I live. And he was like, I now live in this community about 20 minutes away and we have a swimming pool and you're more than welcome to come here with your family. And we're very child friendly. And I was like, great. Yeah. Cool. Where is it? And he sent me a link. He sent me a link, which I did not click on. <laughs> My fault. Um I just saw that the name was Lupin Lodge and I was like, okay, cool. Lupin Lodge. I'll stick it into the GPS. So I told my husband, I was like, Hey, we're going to this place called Lupin Lodge on the weekend. it has a pool and apparently it's open for the children. It's child-friendly. And he was like, great, let's go. So we put it into the GPS, driving, 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 up into like the mountains. He was like, where is this place? And I was like, Oh, well, I don't know what the GPS says <laughs> yeah. is. He's like, get out of the way. Like, what is it again? And I was like, don't know and he's like a country club and i was like yeah i think it's a country club (laughs) and he was like okay cool like i hope it's not like crazy expensive and i was like eh, i don't know at this point like at this point it's worth it yeah and we get like we pass this weird sign and he was like selves did that sign say naturist resort and i was like don't think so and he was like pretty sure that's what it said and i was like i think it said nature resort and he was like pretty sure it said naturist. And I was like, Americans, like they don't like, I was like, you know how it's like, we say empathic and they say empathetic. I was like, they just add letters on randomly. I'm like, I'm sure he just, it just meant nature as well. Yeah. And he was like, okay. Hey. So we get to the front gate and a guy comes out wearing a mask and absolutely nothing else. And my husband was like, said naturist. It said naturist. And I was like, cool. Oh, and oh the guy God. comes out and he was like, hey, new family. And we were like, yes. <laughs> and he was like, the kids are going to love the pool. And at this point, my kids are chanting pool, pool, pool oh my in the back gosh. of the car. And my husband's like looking at me like, what, <laughs> what now? <laughs> and I was like, well, we're clearly not going back because we've just promised. Um so the guy was like, yeah, it's like clothing optional everywhere except the pool. That's where you have to be like nude everywhere else. You can like wear something, obviously. And I was like, OK. Oh, my God. Fine. And then he was like, and it's like $60 to get in. And I was like, $60. And he was like, yeah, or you could buy like a monthly membership, which is unlimited for like $100. And I was like, yeah, we're going to get the membership. And I was like, what? And I was like, we're getting the membership. So the guy's like, let me get you your laminated cards. And he came back with these laminated cards. And he's like, here you go. And my husband was like, that's great. Where do we put them when we're naked? Oh, oh my gosh. (laughs) So, yeah. So we stripped in the parking lot. And um, that was an awkward, like, that was the most awkward strip I've ever done in my life. We were, like, in the car park being, like, "Wow." (laughs) We got naked. And I haven't gotten naked for a while in front of a lot of other people. Because postpartum body and like you know it's not nice to say as a as a sex and relationship coach but
0: I have some body issues still yeah like, I work on them we all we all do I'm listening to this and I'm just like ah uh, I would have just like been a deer in <laughs> headlights and been like okay gas pedal turn <laughs> wow, you but went did it! I, I hid my stomach for the first. Oh my god! Like half an hour that I
1: was there, I was like putting bags in front yeah. of it, and towels. Oh. and I was like, no one is going to see my stretch marks oh on my, my saggy gosh. skin. And we went and we sat down on a chair. My kids just jumped in the pool straight away. And everyone was so nice. Aww. All these like old hippies yeah. kept coming up to me and going, I think was your children. And I was like, why? What have they done? And they were like, they're such a joy. And Aww. I was like,
0: <laughs> really? <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh my gosh. That um, is so amazing.
1: So you, yeah,
0: so you it almost was, joined, but it sounds like you. Oh, we joined. joined. We joined. We spent every weekend of that covid summer at the nudist resort and it was it was one of the happiest summers of my life honestly i have to say wow like i'm just imagining myself in that position and i'm like hey, i don't even know if i could have gone through with it because like yeah we're sex and relationship coaches and all of that but yeah we have freaking bodies like and we have oh, body yeah. shame and all of the same things that everyone else does like that doesn't just magically go away because we have these like different set of tools we want to you know work with and and stuff like that like that doesn't miraculously go away and if it does please tell me your secret
1: yeah it's like celeste says we have the tools and
0: sometimes we can use (laughs) them sometimes (laughs) so i'm sure like by the end of the first day there's like a little de-shamification just from everybody else but like what was your process through like going there and going there with your kids it was so interesting
1: because so the first day like I was just very like cautious that first my kids the fact that my kids laughed and were joyous and were just so I could see them glowing that definitely helped because seeing them be so happy I was like fine if I have to be naked so that they have a place where they can be children this summer Fine, I will be naked. Like you'll you'll do anything for your children, right? Yeah. And I was like, I will suffer through my body shame if it means yeah. that my children get to have a semi-normal
0: summer.
1: Oh. Um, and I think the masks help a little bit because there's like that kind of anonymity of like no one knows oh, yeah. it's me if I have to covering half my face. Doesn't so matter they can see the rest of my body, but you kind of <laughs> feel like so a little funny
0: bit that like you're at a nudist you know r- resort or whatever <laughs> it is, but then you're still wearing a <laughs> mask. <laughs> i know it's like the the part the parts that need to be covered yeah the shameful parts, wow, that's so amazing right? oh my god
1: but then on that first day we were lying on the deck chairs and our kids were in the pool and this guy came up to us and was like hi welcome we haven't seen you before we're gonna have yoga over here in like 10 minutes if you want to join and i was like yeah thanks and he went and i turned to my husband and i was like never in a million years ever 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 am I going to do naked yoga just so that you know and he was like cool I wasn't asking you to. and I was like "Never, ever ever, ever. he was like okay sure okay and then we came back the next day because my kids were like we want to go to the pool Aww. again and so they were in the pool and I was lying down and the same guy came by and he was like hi naked yoga starts in 10 minutes and I was like I'll be right there and my husband was like what and I was like I don't know how that happened, but that shift like automatic. I was just like, I don't care. I'm doing it. oh Placement in naked yoga is everything, though. I did learn that on the first day because I was like, I'm gonna stand right at the back so that no one can see me. Big mistake. Yeah, you turned around. When did dog, I had like balls in my face, <laughs> and I was like, ooh, that is too close for comfort. I am not gonna be in the back oh, for that. Oh my and-
0: gosh, had you ever done any type <laughs> of nudist thing before for yourself or no? How did you nope. like? How did you approach that like with your like your hut? I imagine there's so many people out there that like the, maybe they would be game for something like that. But then you not only had just your own stuff, but you had your husband, and then you had your two kids. Like, how did you navigate that with your partner and then your kids? Like, did, are they used to nudity I around I've the house? I've gotten that question from a like, lot of moms. Actually, yeah.
1: a lot of moms are like are you not really nervous about your children being naked in front of a bunch of adults? And I was like, hmm, no, it really didn't cross. It didn't cross my mind. Maybe it should have been my mind. It didn't cross my mind because first of all, they do background checks. Like at every nudist resort, mm-hmm. you, you absolutely cannot join if you have a history of being a sex offender. Yeah. Um, I mean, You know, that doesn't mean that you are not one, right? Like not being caught doesn't mean that you, yeah. but, but you know what? Like, a sex offender is not waiting to see your, your child naked. Mm-hmm. Your, a sex offender can hang around a playground and see your child fully clothed yep. and still be a sex offender, mm-hmm. right? So it didn't seem to me like it would be a, a place that would be Predatory. more dangerous for my children yeah. than anyone else. And we were with them. Like they weren't, uh, you know, going off into anyone's cabin on their own or anything, obviously. like We wouldn't let them go off on their own with any adult anyway. Exactly. Um, my husband loves being naked. He has always loved being naked. Ooh, yay. Um, he's not like a nudist, but he's just like, when he gets home, he's just like, ah, I get to take <laughs> off my shirt and my shoes. And so for him, it was like, oh, I get to take off my pants too. Like, this is nice. Um, and, and at first I was doing the whole, like, my husband looks like bigger than most of the guys around here, which was like, it was making me feel very... Uh, very good but I was like look at my husband my husband
0: looks pretty great that is so (laughs) awesome
1: and I told him I was like and he was like why are you comparing and I was like I don't know he's like stop looking you perv and I was like oh sorry (laughs) (laughs) he's like you shouldn't be looking at all these guys and comparing them and I was like that's true I'm objectifying them I'm sorry
0: (laughs) but that's really cool that you were able to have like a "Mm, like a different view that's so cool Yeah. Yeah, and, and my children just loved it they were just like
1: so happy in their like Freedom, yeah. nakedness and they like you know like they just it's so natural to them. like they didn't ask any I thought they would ask awkward Where questions are naked but they they didn't they didn't say anything they were like oh so God. unfazed by it Ugh. and like now like we we get there they already they were taking their clothes off in the car. They're like, oh, we're at Lupin, We can, like, get naked. Oh, my God. That's and so cool. They love it. Hey, it's summer again. I know. <laughs> and we've, we've been going the last couple of weekends. In winter, we didn't go because it was cold. And I don't, like, I don't want to be naked in the cold. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And also, the pool was not fun in the cold. Yeah, so.
0: How liberating um, for them. And for, I mean, for you. I mean, how do you feel now when you go?
1: I feel good about it.
0: Yeah. Uh, it doesn't.
1: I don't look at my body and think, yeah, I'm so fine with it. Like, I'm not, there are still parts of my body that I'm not fine with and that Mm. I'm like, "Mm." but the way that I've seen everyone else treat their bodies at Lupin with such compassion, like, there are people of every age, race, size, Mm. shape, and they're all there just hanging out, enjoying themselves, having a good time. And... I just never felt like anyone looked at me like it didn't it didn't feel like I feel more objectified walking down the street fully clothed like I don't get like wolf whistles at Lupin I do get wolf whistles sometimes like you know just by random truck drivers in the street and I'm like whatever dude but like at Lupin like people just come up to you and talk to you and look in your eyes like nobody's like scanning your body wow Um, that's so beautiful it just feels really good it feels good and I have stopped like I used to do this thing where because I have saggy loose skin after my two big pregnancies. They they were big boys. Mm-hmm. People would stop me on the street and be like, Are you having triplets? And I was like, rude. No, I know. Triplets? Like, oh my god. But um, I was so rude. <laughs> I know. I know. Like they were big babies, 10 pound babies. Um, but I have like a lot of loose skin and I used to do this thing and I have something called diastasis recti which is where your abdominal muscles actually fully separate oh, wow. and they don't come back together afterwards wow. so it means that like a lot of your organs like basically go down into the space that used to be caused in by your transverse abdominus and other mm-hmm. um muscles there that that no longer exist it's kind of like a hairband when it loses its elasticity like you can do as many push-ups as you want uh, sit-ups as you want it's not going to get the elasticity back um and i i used to spend really frustrating hours just like just being really horrible to my stomach like like grabbing fistfuls of of it in my hands and just squeezing it really hard yeah. like with hatred how dare you abandon being, me i know and cr- and just hating it like really viscerally hating it as if it wasn't a part of me yeah and that has mellowed God. a lot in the past year I don't like it I don't look at it and think I love you I love my tiger stripes I yeah. love my saggy butt. I, like I see those posts on Instagram and I'm like good for you yeah but I like I don't feel that
0: sometimes it can be such a front though i've just stopped grabbing it hatefully Good. you know like with
1: my fists so that's something right it's
0: that's huge it's just softening that's really yeah. huge you know i mean that's really difficult because it's like i'm sure maybe you've heard this before it's like you know but through that process and the way your body is now you got your two sons aren't you thankful for that i mean i don't have my own kids i don't want to be putting but I words in other people's mouths but i'm yeah. sure that's, no, that's exactly you what they say how can you not that's love exactly that? What they like, say? it's still your freaking body <laughs> yeah, it's like, but
1: look what it's produced. And it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, okay, cool. Does that make me not like a valid person now that just because two other people have come out of me? Yeah. I'm supposed to be grateful that they are great, but like, who cares about what happened? Yeah. Hmm. That's got
0: to be so so, brutal. I mean, I know we've definitely talked a little bit about this as far as, you know, the process of giving birth and and all of that and your journey with that, with specifically your body. I know that was actually, I think, our our entire chat together with everything. And, yeah, I mean, body shame is just brutal. And everyone has something. They do.
1: And just the process of birth in this country especially – and I'd say it's it's probably you know there are some countries that do it better, but across the developed world, there is still such institutionalized misogyny
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, in in the medical world. Absolutely, where you know women get treated as hysterical no matter what, mm-hmm. right? And and that was something that actually led me to somatica mm-hmm. uh, was was going through the whole process of of pregnancy and birth, destroying my pelvic floor having really painful sex going to my doctor and saying I'm having really painful sex after children like this is normal what I-? and he was like I don't know like oh. it's not my it's not of my concern and I was like what do you mean like you're my gynecologist and he was like Like whose department is it oh I, like, what do you mean it's not your department oh. And that's women hear that all the time. Like your pleasure doesn't he matter. Told me he was like stop breastfeeding. And I was like stop breastfeeding. And he was like, yeah, the um, the hormones and the breastfeeding are probably making you dry up. And it's like, okay, well, in that case, just say use more lube. Yeah. Say, stop breastfeeding. Yeah.
0: One of the like most healthy but, like, natural things your body is doing.
1: Yeah, and it was just, and that, like, and I had to go back to him three times. To- mm-hmm. And I, I went back to him three times, and I was like, I'm in pain please send me to someone who will fix it. And he was like, don't know, don't know. And then I I did all my own research because oh. I was a journalist before and I was like, I'm going to do like, and then I figured out that in Europe, people go to pelvic floor therapists. Mm. And I was like, maybe I need one of those. So I went back to him and I was like, refer me to a pelvic floor therapist. And he was like, do you really need that? And I was like, yes, oh. I do. And he was like, okay, fine. I'll refer you then if that's what you think you need. Wow. And I was like,
0: why do you not
1: think that's why that's so
0: if... awful oh god and
1: she referred me to a somatica um therapist no. because I I just spent the entire hour you know with her hand up inside me like crying yeah. <laughs> I was like I was like first of all I thought we were going to be doing exercises on a ball and she was like yeah no this is pelvic floor therapy she's like not physiotherapy yeah. and I was like Let's see, what's,
0: let's see how things are really working in here now <laughs>
1: yeah and then I was like this is the most action I've had for like <laughs> three months and then I started crying and she was like okay and I was like terrible like I don't know what to do and she was like I have a friend who's a sex coach and I was like oh, what and she like, sex coach and I was like there's a job like that and she was like yeah so I, I like gave this woman a call and she's a somatica trained therapist and she told me all about somatica and that's how I got involved with somatica oh. was because my children did me the biggest favor of wrecking my pelvic floor I would never have heard about it otherwise
0: that is so incredible and that's so interesting because I know I, I know you expressed interest and this is like your intersection of you know your interest so like Can you speak to that more? Because I really, really love, and it kind of points out a glaring thing in the medical system that, yeah, there's no communication between departments and and things like that. I mean, we're just so left in the dark. I have a really good friend of mine um, from years ago that has, you know, autoimmune disease and her doctors multiple times, I mean, Mayo clinics, all these different types of things. They've specifically said she's never wanted kids. Never wanted kids, adamantly. Never. She was married, and is now divorced. But through that, they said hysterectomy that will be helpful for years. For years, she fought. She could not get a doctor to do that, and she had multiple doctors signing off that saying that that would be beneficial to her, and they wouldn't do it because they were like, "Well, you know, well your husband maybe you'll want kids," and she's like, "I have never ever wanted kids."
1: you know and just the yeah because why should a woman's opinion matter right like we have no choices our opinions are considered lesser Mm
0: -hmm.
1: there's just it's you know what like it's just so patronizing Mm -hmm. it really is it's it comes from the patriarchy They just don't think we know what we want with our own bodies. Our own bodies aren't even for us. They belong to the men in our lives, our sons, our husbands. Mm -hmm. If you're not married and you don't have a male partner, they don't really know what to do with you. It's just women get treated so, so badly by the medical community. And it can cause so much sexual shame and so much sexual dysfunction. And a lot of my clients, like the the work that I mostly do, I, I hit up every midwife in my area, every pelvic floor therapist in my area. And I'm like, here's my story. I was a woman who came to people like you and I said these words, like you know, I am experiencing pain during sex. Like my sex drive has suddenly dropped off the radar mm-hmm. or during my first pregnancy. Oh my God, I want to shag literally everyone I see. Yeah. And it's, it's disturbing. Like, am I normal? And my doctor was like, that is not normal. Oh. And I was like, oh sh- shit, really?
0: Oh my god. I was like, I'm
1: having like incredibly high sex drive. And he was like, I can prescribe you something to lower
0: that oh. like and it was just like well, why would you prescribe a man something to lower that like no you wouldn't no oh my like, god but he was just like do you imagine like, a reverse pregnancy? industry of like female doctors prescribing <laughs> all these like horny cheating men <laughs> <Right>? like, <laughs> medication like, just lower your sex drive yeah, yeah. a little bit oh my god Let's get that back
1: into control like oh, it's so awful. but I mean I just want I want doctors to know, I want midwives to know, I want pelvic floor therapists to know if any of them are are listening. Mm -hmm. If you have clients who come to you and say like anything about their sex lives and you're like, oh, I'm a bit uncomfortable, I don't know what to say to you and I only have 15 minutes to talk to you anyway because I have a next patient, just give them a card Mm -hmm. for a somatic therapist and say, I really think that's important and you should talk to someone about that. Here's someone who's gonna do a really good job and give you an hour or more of their time Mm. to discuss this really important issue. Good luck. And let me know if you need anything
0: else. They shouldn't be just be doing that because they only have 15 minutes a client. Yeah, I was curious cuz I I have no experience with that. So they're I mean they're very strictly dealing with the physical aspects of your pelvic floor and like the biology of what's going on or what's happened, you know, postpartum things yep. like that. So they're not even touching on any of the emotional aspects of that. None. None. Mm. None.
1: Midwives do a better job than OBs. Um a lot of women don't go to midwives though. They go to OBs. Yeah. And and even pelvic floor, like OBs just don't, they just don't care. Like it's not, no, 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 they don't care. Maybe some of them care, but they will not go there. They're, OBs are there to basically do your pap smear, to give you antibiotics if you have recurring yeast infections or BV mm-hmm. and maybe fertility treatments if you need that. Mm-hmm. And then they're, they're there to do the yes. you know, delivery of your child's. And that's it. Anything else that you complain about to your OB, they'll be like, "Mm, I don't really know what to do
0: about that. Yeah. Good luck. I mean, I've definitely experienced that. I mean, I had a a gynecologist once who, after dealing with HPV for years, for 10 years, um, I don't remember the exact circumstances, but I told her it was like something about my experience and like, I'm familiar with this and this is what happened to me. And she was like, no, that's wrong. And I'm like, Okay. And I was like, well, I'm telling you, this was my experience with it. This is what I was told or this is what happened or whatever it was. And she literally went and got a textbook and brought it back to me. And (laughs) so I mean, just like the condescending, I never saw her again. But luckily, I had a fantastic doctor. But that, but I mean, here's this whole thing. Like, I mean, I was slapped on birth control when I was 17. I was on it for years. I went on tons of different kinds and all these. I was on hormones for years. Now, I took myself off of, off of um, hormonal, hormonal birth control in like 2013, I think. So I've been off now for like seven, seven years. And I'm so in tune with my body. But I had to teach myself that. I was like, oh, you know, like cervical mucus what the fuck is that right i was in my 20s so like i went on this whole self-discovery journey of like what the, what is my body doing and how did i why was i never taught this yeah you know why was i never taught to know exactly what was going even if i was on hormonal birth control to know like this is what is going on and you're just slapped on it as like a a blanket kind of fix for for things there's no like let's let's draw your blood and let's see where your hormones are and I know that's a a much different process depending on what's going on but like there's no individuality it's just like oh here's something oh it's not working after two months and you're breaking out or you've gained 20 pounds or you have no desire for sex which was me for the first three and a half years of being on birth control like we're it's just okay but now you know Guy doesn't have to wear a condom, <laughs> eh, it's a side effect, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah.
1: They're like, Yeah, what are you gonna do? It's like,
0: okay, yeah, there's just like, no, I don't know, I hope things change, but I just became really important to me in the same way that, like, you reached out and advocated for yourself. Like, if and a lot of people don't do that, they don't even know where to start, they don't know the resources, they don't even know that they can, they don't know they can. Yeah, that is the biggest that's my that's my
1: soapbox it's my crusade I literally stop people in the park I'm that weird person who sees a mom jogging and I'll run up to her and be like hi do you have incontinence and she's like excuse me I'm like good job on your baby do you have incontinence because you can go see a pelvic floor therapist for that and she's like get away from me freaking weirdo and I'm like I had that I went to a pelvic floor therapist and they're like bye um, yeah. But I, I will. I'll run after pregnant moms and tell them they don't have to be incontinent. That they don't have to have pain during yeah. sex. That someone should, you know, give them options about their birth control. That their husband can get a vasectomy. That they don't have to like yeah. the options that they give you after childbirth are like cool. So do you want an IUD or do you want a patch? It's never like so. Is your husband going to get a vasectomy? Yeah. Or, like it's it's just about like what else can we shove up your vagina? To make sure that, mm-hmm.
0: like, you know, your husband can still come inside you. And he could potentially have ba- more babies. Yeah. Because you, you don't want to mess yeah.
1: around. You don't want to mess around with his, like, ability to, like, impregnate everyone. Yeah.
0: It's so bad. It's so backwards. And I really hope we start to see a change. Because it. I don't really see. I mean, I see some certain changes. And things have come a long way. But, um you know, I'm half a lifetime away from when I was first put on on birth control, and um, it's still very much the same. Yeah, <laughs> I see all these commercials for like new IUDs, and oh man, there was a new one that I meant to to look up that looked a little bit different. But like, this is this was my kind of soapbox for everything because it's like. Oh, like, I just got so destroyed by going through all those different birth controls and nothing ever worked. And, you know, I had partners, the typical like, the oh, condoms suck. And like, so just yep. talking to girls, you know, and bo- talking to everybody about, you know, these are your options and like yeah they might be a little uncomfortable but like if you practice if you get used to things like trust me this is way better like your long-term partner or your short-term partner like doesn't have to be on hormones or like or if they do they can do it educated yeah it's their choice yeah
1: right and that's why i go to a midwife for all of my checkups now but even things like i love i love my midwife mm. i love her i i did recently opt to get an iud i don't know if it's going to be a long-term experiment i kind of hate mm. it at the moment but when I was get before I got it, I felt so free to ask her questions that I would never have mm-hmm. asked my OB. Because, so my husband and I were ethically non-monogamous. I am bisexual. So I have female partners mm-hmm. as well. Um, currently, I only have one. <laughs> but at, it's, the questions that I asked were things like, okay, cool. So if I'm getting fingered, like, can they rip that out of me? And she was like, she considered it and she was like how long are your partner's fingers and like does she have fingernails and and I was like this is like this is so much better than like asking my OB seeing him turn red in the face and being like I don't know about multiple partners if that's really safe you know like because they they are so judgy yeah right Mm -hmm. and this was just like it was so matter of fact she was like here's what's going to happen. For the first month, the strings will like be down. She's like, now that I know that you have multiple partners, she's like, I will just cut those strings so that they are shorter. So that like, yeah, she's like, so that they're less likely to get pulled out in that first month or two. She's like, and then what will happen is that they will, they will soften and they will curl up around your cervix. And she's like, and then they'll be pretty hard to pull out.
0: Yeah. And I was like, what
1: about fisting? And she was like, and instead of being like, uh, what? She was like, she like considered it she was like nope that should be very safe yeah. She was like it will be f-. like you know and I was just like I can't believe I've just asked that question but it was it was interesting to Amazing. see how a midwife tackles these questions as opposed to an OB yeah. and how little judgment I felt yeah. from a midwife so I don't go to OBs at all anymore for mm. my for my wellness checkups I only go to midwife and she actually fulfills most of the things that are that a general practitioner doctor would do for you that she does my blood work every year she does my my health and wellness she does everything and I'm not pregnant every time I tell people I'm going to the midwife they're like oh you're expecting a third and I'm like I am absolutely (laughs) never expecting a third ever but I will go to a midwife for the rest of my adult life
0: why not get a hysterectomy not a serious question so not a serious question
1: (laughs) yeah yeah it's yeah, right right now it's not on the cards. I would really like my husband to just get his vasectomy. Yeah. Now we can be done. They're great. My partner has one. About...
0: <laughs> it's just like, what well, what else can I do to my body? Yeah, we get we get questions, you know, when are you having kids? Like stuff like that. And he's he's got a vasectomy and kids are not on the table and you know, we don't we don't want <laughs> he's got two teenagers, like he's done.
1: It's so none of people's mm-hmm. business. I just don't understand it. Yeah. Like, I've actually found now, like, if I have older relatives who are like, are you having any more kids? I'm like, are you having a facelift anytime soon? And they're like, Ew. And I'm like, hmm, just as rude as asking if I'm going to have any more yeah. children. Like, you're getting old. Like, are you going to have a facelift?
0: I <laughs> know. It's yeah. a valid
1: question. You know?
0: When I started seeing a therapist after my, um, my big breakup that I had, and um, I remember educating him on polyamory. He had no idea what it was. He was an older gentleman in his seventies, which is which was awesome, and I loved him dearly and I learned so much from him. But he, I had to teach him about ethical non-monogamy. I gave him a book. Yeah, because in like... their
1: day they just did non-ethical. Yeah. like it was it was non-ethical non-monogamy, yeah. which they're cool with. They're like they're like our idea we just used to cheat and it's like well we don't do that cuz we just have open conversations and they're like well that <laughs> never works and it's like he I remember right. he even said
0: that he was like I don't really he's like that's cool and all he's like I don't really think that 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 that's going to work <laughs> and i was like okay all right you you tell me how often monogamy works and then <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll have a, a deeper conversation okay. about this and now he has I, I reconnected with him a couple years later more recently and he's like I have multiple poly couples and I'm like hell yeah <laughs> amazing yeah. that's so cool yeah but like he didn't wow you helped like open his mind and change his life yeah yeah so that was really really awesome that's amazing yeah so I that's why I love this work
1: right yeah. it's just amazing when you give people options and see what they do with them and permission just like yeah <laughs> Or just tell them, like, hey, whatever you're into, man. Yeah. Like, or woman. Like, whatever you're into. But let's let's figure out a
0: way to do it safely, both physically and emotionally, for you and the other parties involved. Yeah. 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 And just dialogue. Like, ask Mm
1: -hmm. for things. Mm -hmm. Ask for things. Like, you might not get them, but you can still ask. Yeah. Like, like... It's like I feel like we condition kids to do that when they're young like right like write a letter to Santa with all the things that you want on your wish list Mm. and we get these kids to write long letters and send them off to like an imaginary guy in the North Pole and occasionally they'll get something off their list but they don't get everything on their list like they don't get like a unicorn that like (laughs) poops rainbows but like you know then we like as adults we sort of lose this ability to ask for what we want Mm. because we're kind of like well no one's going to give me a unicorn that poops rainbows anyway so what's the point in asking and it's like the point of asking is that you've asked
0: yeah yeah and that's something that's really really hard to do i mean just literally even the first step is knowing what you want And for a lot of people, that is the bigger battle. (laughs) What do you really want? Do you have space within your world, within yourself, within your partnership to even dream of what you want? To be playful. And then how do you feel about expressing that, both from yourself and then, you know, in the model of your relationship? How is your partner going to be reactive, depending on what it is? And like that fear... Even if it's completely unfounded and you don't know, necessarily know that, but like just not speaking up and being scared to, and yeah. we learn that a lot from when we're kids because our needs and our wants and desires outside of like, okay, you have your meals in front of you, you're clothed, you're fed, and you're loved. Like, what more can you want? Um, yeah, kind of a thing. And we're told, don't be greedy. <laughs> mm-hmm. right? Like, don't be greedy. Don't
1: be. It's yeah. like, why? Be greedy. Like, yeah. either someone will give you what you want or they won't. Yep. And then, and then it's kind of back on you, right? And yeah. then, then you have choices. Yeah. You have a choice to be like, I didn't get what I wanted in this situation. I can either suck it up or I can deal with the disappointment of it by myself mm-hmm. or I can go get my need met somewhere else. Yeah. But it gives me the choice. It gives me my power to do that. Whereas not asking gives all the power to the other person mm-hmm. because they or are to no controlling. One. <laughs> yeah, well, to no, or one. to no one, right? Like, yeah, exactly. You're right. Yeah. It's it's, it's, uh, it's a tough situation.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's – brutal, and that's – I mean, that's a definitely a big one for me, especially, um, you know, past relationships and just the way that I was raised and all of that, like, asking for what you want was – I never felt heard. So that has relayed over into my relationships. And now I'm with a partner who wants me to express my wants and needs. And it's still very, very hard for me. And that is not – from him. That's me, but I know that. So we have conversations about, you know, I'm, I'm really struggling right now. I know that I'm loved and I'm in a space where I can share these things, but it's really hard for me to get out of my mouth. Because it feels selfish yeah. and it feels like, ugh, how dare you? We just had this big break- breakthrough conversation because, again, like, you know, he doesn't want to get married again, not having any more kids. But before we met, I also came up with that at this point I'm at in my life where I don't want to get married, at least the legality parts of it mean nothing to me. And I was already like, I just see kids, you know, that's it's, it's fading into the background. So now, like, I've made those decisions for myself. And um, after this emotional weekend that we just had in class, of course, Sunday night, I just had this big meltdown of emotion of my own projections onto everything. And we had this big conversation that's just it was really hard for me to find the words And I told him, I was like, okay, I think I figured out what this is because we were talking about marriage and like all this type of stuff, which I was totally into the fairy tale. Always wanted to get married and be chosen and all that type of like, oh my God, like lovey-dovey type romantic shit. And I was like, this is probably the most vulnerable thing that I can say to you right now. And making sure that he wasn't hearing this was something that I wanted him to change, or and it had no bearing on him. It was just my own feelings about everything. I was like, "This feels really selfish." But I was like, "If I'm not getting married, and I'm not having kids, I really want to have like a celebration with all of our friends and family, and like say some pretty words." I'm like that. Like even right now, like I feel I just got so sweaty. Like even saying that because it feels yeah. really fucking selfish. Why? Because we're trained as 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 people socialized as women that we should want to get married and have kids and have the have the husband and have that whole fairy tale thing, and that was such a big part of my messaging from Disney and all that type of stuff. And I know I'm not alone in this, so I don't have shame about this, but it was really hard for me to get out of my mouth because I was asking him for something that was like a compromise, asking my partner who I love so dearly as like a compromise of something that just like it feels silly to ask for what I want, but it's like, that's like societal, it was just so weird. So even that was really freaking hard. Really, really hard. hard. But I'm so proud of you that you did <laughs> ask you. it, and that, that you managed to express it. Yeah, so, so hot right him. now, like sharing that, even just like talking about it, it feels very <laughs> selfish. But like through our training and all of that, I've, and I'm still, I'm, I'm doing this work still, and it never ends. But like, I have to analyze and say, where is that coming from within me? I know I made it very explicitly yeah. clear to my partner. He knows my feelings. He knows my emotions about that. We're very connected on that. But for me, for my i say where does that come from you know so that's this is it's this isn't just about sex and intimacy or about sex we'll say because intimacy is everything it's so much (laughs) broader intimacy is and i feel so much closer to my partner now after having a a heart and you know he just helped me as i'm crying and he's just like i just want to be here for you right now you know and having someone ask how they can show up for you and implementing these tools and getting to that deeper connection on the other side of it and but it all comes from speaking up and then knowing what you want in the first place that's hard absolutely hard yeah and just
1: and you don't have to start with sex, nope. right? Like it can be like, what do I want at any given moment of the day? Mm-hmm. Like, what do I what do I want? Mm-hmm. Do, like, do I want to like exercise right now? Do I want to do I want to eat? You know what it is that I have in front of me right now. Why did I choose this? Mm-hmm. Did I choose it out of boredom? Did I choose it out of convenience? Did I choose it because it's something I really really want?
0: Yeah.
1: Like what? Like just because we go through so much on autopilot Mm -hmm. and what's convenient and what's there and what's accessible. And just because something is accessible and it's there doesn't mean you really want it.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. So just in everyday life, just bringing more mindfulness back into Mm. what's, what our choices are. And it's something when I, when I work with prenatal moms as well. So I have a a certificate in something called gentle birth, which Mm. is a whole system um, that uses mindfulness and hypnosis. Amazing midwife called Tracy Donegan developed it and she has an app and she's, she's fantastic. I really recommend it to anyone who's pregnant, but uh, gentle birth really brings that whole mindfulness part back into just everything that Mm. we do. Everything. Like when you're walking, like feel your feet on the floor when you're breathing, like feel the air going into your nose and down you know, I like, I like to visualize mm-hmm. my diaphragm coming down, my rib cage swinging out, my lungs expanding. I like to see in my mind's eye how my blood is getting oxygenated mm-hmm. and then see the reverse of it as the breath gets pushed out, how my diaphragm swings up and my, my rib cage swings back in and how that air gets expelled. Just taking some time to think about how good things feel, yeah. small things. Like sitting and-, can and help you- yeah. Yeah, and it can help you with those big things. Like, how does sex feel to me right now? Yeah. What is it that I want but I haven't asked for because I didn't know that I wanted it? Mm. But now that I'm in this moment, I'm feeling it come up and now I'm going to, I have the words to be able to say it. Yeah. But it starts with the much smaller things of what do I want in this given moment right now?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that can be totally non-sexual. Like right now I want a sip of water. There you go. I'm really glad that you recognize that and that you're doing that for yourself. I'm proud of you. Ah, feels
0: good. <laughs> <laughs> but it is that it is that small, and you know, and that's the the beauty and the sadness and the things that we've learned is that we, even the tiniest little things, we don't we don't do that for ourselves. And we learn that as kids because you know it's what mom and dad want we're going here at two o'clock and there's no i mean especially when you're super little you know i think once you get into it you have a lot more autonomy you know as you as you get older and but even then it's not something everybody learns or can learn given their situation so like relearning these skills as an adult is is huge yeah you know, and even, you know, even if you think you've been an amazing communicator and you've, you know, you're super woke on all of these types of things, you can always be doing more or learning more or expanding yourself or it just goes so much deeper than, hey, let's have amazing sex. (laughs)
1: Absolutely. And, you know, and that example you gave about the kids and not having autonomy and everything, it's, it's really true, and even as as a semantico practitioner I'm, with children, like I try and be more mindful mm-hmm. of their autonomy. But when we need to get in the car, we need to get in the yeah. car. Mm-hmm. Like you know, t- tough shit. You can't. <laughs> i like, sorry. Want. Like yeah. we're going. We're going to Safeway. When mommy needs to go to Safeway. Yeah. Um. But but I I am more mindful of the of them allowed allowing them to be disappointed. Yes. And that's something that as adults, I think we don't give ourselves space for. Mm-hmm. So as children, it's like, it's true. Like you don't have that much autonomy. Like when I say get in the car, we're getting in the car. They cry. And I'm not not like, stop that crying right now. Like we need to go to Safeway and you need to suck it up. Yeah. No, it's like, I know you're really disappointed. You did not want to put away your Legos and get in the car to come to Safeway with mom because I don't have childcare and I can't leave you at home. Yeah. Like, I know that really sucks for you. And I'm not going to cave, but you get to feel really shitty about it. Yeah. Like, you get to feel disappointed. And I'm not going to be mad at you for feeling disappointed about it. Yeah. And as adults, I think that's also true. We ask for things. And if we don't get it, there's like this feeling of like, okay, well, I just have to like be fine with that. No, I mean, you don't have to be fine with it. It really sucks if you ask someone for something like, I don't know, if you're in a relationship and you're like, I want to spend more time with you, and the other person's like, Well, I don't. Yeah. Like you, it there aren't just two options. It's not either like, well, suck it up or leave. Yeah. That's not how it is. You get to, you get to either suck it up or leave, or there's a third option, which is to just be disappointed about it, mm-hmm. which is a valid option. Mm-hmm. And people are like, what does that mean? What does like just be disappointed about it mean? Like, you're either gonna suck it up. Or you're going to, it's like, no, no, there's a big difference between sucking it up and allowing yourself to feel disappointed.
0: Yeah. Or we just avoid disappointment altogether. And that doesn't right. help anything. Because then when you inevitably are disappointed, it's huge for you. You know, that can be really shattering for a lot of people. And, yeah. Because they don't know how to sit with those emotions.
1: No, and it feels uncomfortable. Yeah. And then they'll do anything they can to not feel yeah. it or
0: to fix it. hmm control it and that's where a lot of anxiety and all of that stuff comes from you can't control life but if you learn to like it's like it's like learning to i don't know i've never surfed but i've done like paddle boarding or you know and stuff like that it's like if you're gonna try and sit there and fight and, and all of that like it's going to be really freaking hard for you but like if you learn to like move with the waves and like anticipate and see okay the water is breaking over here i know it's going to come this way and like you, you you make those connections you can you know you can at least stay on the paddleboard
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah and sometimes you won't sometimes you get slammed by a huge wave and you will fall in the water and think yep damn yeah i suck at surfing <laughs> yeah. but like okay fine and you also have the right to get out of the water and not ever surf again. And you also have the right mm-hmm. to like get back on every time and, and try and try and try yeah. and fight it and fight it and fight it. And you have the right to just sometimes be like, eh, I'm into this today. And tomorrow I'll be like, nope,
0: not into I'm this. I'm just going to float on you my have back. options.
1: <laughs> you have options. Every day you have options. Every yeah. situation you have options. And, you, and you're, you have the right to have your feelings about whatever it is. Yeah.
0: That, that's just not what we're taught, though. A lot of people no. are taught that, at least. It's, you know, stop crying. Stop making a scene. You know, I, and I know, like, I don't have my own kids, but I've certainly seen enough. I think if you exist as a human, you see enough looks from parents with, like, kids that are screaming and crying. And they just that pleading, like, oh, God, like, I'm so sorry. You know, that type of thing. It's like, no, like, they're going to do it. Like, that has no reflection on you, or maybe you know it definitely can but like if you're just letting them feel their feelings and not telling like oh shut up like stop you know you're making a commotion all that type of stuff you, you know we just need to give people a little bit more credit and a little more space and room i think it is hard yeah. i mean as a
1: mom like i've definitely been guilty of saying like
0: sure. all
1: right we're done crying now we're <laughs> done crying now right um and the kid's like i'm not done crying and i'm like she's done crying like we're in the middle of a store and people are judging my parenting because that's that's what it is Mm -hmm. right it's a you don't necessarily want your kid to stop crying for their sake you want them to stop crying because it's a reflection of you yeah and because there's a wound there there's something that you feel judged you feel inadequate you feel like you're not doing a good job yeah there's a wound there yeah and that's what you have to then be conscious of and it's not like you're ever going to I mean, I still occasionally catch myself saying those things to my children, yeah. but then I'm like, ah, uh, I did that thing again. But then self-compassion yeah. again and being like, I felt very judged in that moment by the other people in Trader Joe's. And I, I that was my way of trying to control that situation. And it didn't necessarily work, but I'm going to have compassion for myself. Yeah. that That's a wound that I still have being judged. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is so great, Sylvie. Uh, this is a wonderful conversation. I'm so appreciative of you. Oh, guys.
0: absolutely. I can't. I can't get enough. I want to hear all all about everything and all that you're doing. So I just want to give you a moment just to express, you know, where you're at, who the people you like to work with, uh, what you've got going on, and where people can find you. You you have the floor. <laughs> Thank you so much. I mean, I. Uh, you know from from this
1: conversation anyone who who is pregnant or postpartum and dealing with any of the things that have come up from you know just from from pregnancy from birth trauma from just dealing with differences from who you were before pregnancy mm-hmm. to who you are after it's probably I mean I work with with anyone who wants to come work with me but I would say that that's probably where my expertise lies I am also a, a you know a a certified doula Mm -hmm. Um, and I've done my gentle birth training I'm a lactation educator so I have a lot of expertise I guess in in that area and because I've gone through it myself I know those challenges Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm not saying that that's the only people I work with I definitely work with a lot of men like I like working with men as well but I have such a soft spot for Mm -hmm. for people who have gone through childbirth and they don't necessarily even need to be women, right? Like people who have gone through childbirth mm-hmm. um, or C-section, mm-hmm. right? Which is also childbirth, but some people need that
0: to be ex- yeah. explicitly said, yeah, absolutely. right?
1: Um, that, that there's a lot that happens mentally and physically yeah. after that. And and I like to help people navigate that. I feel like I can be my most vulnerable with that because, because I've been through it. Yeah. And I'm not sort of saying to people like, oh, that sounds so hard. <laughs> like, it's like, I know that's hard. I know how hard that is. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's my favorite. But I also really like working with men. I find that dynamic to be really fun. And um, I, I used to, uh, when I was a journalist, I was a journalist for an engineering publication. And, uh, and I was one of the only women in in that tech journalism mm-hmm. scene and all these nerds i love nerds i'm married to a nerd i like, they're the best them. but they, <laughs> they are. are like and i know you're big on reddit too like i was on reddit like before it was cool like when we were like uh-huh. when Reddit was still like a hipster thing that people were like what's reddit, reddit.
0: my partner and yeah. i read on, uh, we met on reddit <laughs>
1: that's so awesome like I just I, I went to visit a guy in Australia who I met on Reddit because oh like we were just friends like because we just chat all the time and that's then so he told me that he had cancer and I was like oh my god what if I never get oh. to meet him so I just flew to like I know we'd never met in person but he was my friend yeah. like we commented on the same post like we oh. so so I like working with men because men have always treated me as like The cool girl they can ask for dating advice and I'm like you treat me like the cool girl like other girls don't treat me like the cool girl so I really like it when nerds consider me the cool girl (laughs) because I'm like okay like I will take
0: that label quite happily it's your approach you're you're Um, approachable that's why the cool girls don't like you it's the same thing for me it's like they know cool girls hate like they've always
1: just been like what what to do with you because you're not uh, like yeah you're interesting they just don't they just don't (laughs) like it and then the guys the like the like the nerdy guys are like oh you're talking to me and you're a girl like and it's like yeah because you're more interesting exactly (laughs) yep yep totally so I like helping guys figure out how to like Date, like normal human beings mm-hmm. and how to communicate their needs and how to communicate with their partners yeah and have really great relationships where they can ask for what they want mm. and where they can please their partner and make their partner really happy yeah. those those kind of things make me so happy fun. and I struggled with a name for my business I am still kind of struggling with it although I have <laughs> registered an Instagram finally mm-hmm. Um I really like reading and I'm clearly British from from my accent so <laughs> I I like Jane Austen novels. I find them very intricate in terms of, you know, the emotions and Mm -hmm. relationships and things that they depict. So I've registered "sex and sensibility," but the 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 e in sex is a a back is a three, right? Because so that it doesn't get censored on Instagram and Facebook. So it's "sex and sensibility" with a three for the
0: sex. I love that. I love that so 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 much. Congrats on uh, on landing on something. <laughs> Thank That's you. Difficult. And if anyone wants to follow me on Instagram, you'll get tons of
1: awkward posts and TMI's on childbirth and my pelvic floor. <laughs> yes. Yes.
0: <laughs> we, need a, we need a little more of the TMI in this world, I think, sometimes. <laughs> oh. <laughs>
1: Thank you. I mean, this was just so wonderful. I love connecting with you so much inside somatica and outside somatica. Yeah, let's um, do this
0: again. We have so much more to talk about. I'm so, so intrigued by you, just in general. I was about to say like your story and all the things you, I'm just intrigued by you. (laughs) this was such, a, such a treat yeah everyone go show sylvie some love she's just incredible yay <laughs> thank you you are too and
1: we should start a subreddit on like sex and relationships and have it be like all somatica based yes and, like,
0: yes i actually people over to edit created one for myself with like thinking down the line but let's come up with something because i'm like i want to be everywhere because these tools are just they're mind-blowing yeah and it's the simplicity yes. of that's so mind-blowing
1: yeah it's like it's not a complicated process it's not rocket science i think half it's of really it is literally simple. just
0: the vocabulary and the permission like it's like yeah they came up with these exercises and there are exercises and all of that type of stuff but this is like so it's so basic but like by us like learning it and being in it it, it, it's more permission based and just like giving us the yeah. okay like turn left over here it, it's like directions and how to get to, to Trader Joe's
1: exactly <laughs> exactly and we've been on autopilot for too long yeah. and we've forgotten we've forgotten how to connect just get there on our own yeah
0: yeah so true let's do it Sylvie this was awesome let's awesome. definitely have you I wish I could like, high five you all but
1: I'll we'll <laughs> high five you right now <laughs> oh my well goodness. i'm looking forward to hugs in person when we when we have yes and, yes
0: um, absolutely that's eventually at some point we're gonna have to do a nice big meet up with everything going <laughs> on that will be amazing maybe next spring I, we'll, we'll work on it i gotta come up with something you for will. sure thanks so much awesome. <laughs> liz, Thank liz thank you appreciate you appreciate you too <laughs> bye bye